welcome to Modern Marketing Messages, the leading podcast discussing the latest and greatest in both online and offline marketing tactics, strategies, and trends. I'm your host, Taylor Karg, marketing content writer at AmericanEagle.com. Today, we're going to explore the importance of branding and marketing. To help us do that, we are joined by Patty Winger, Director of Engagement Marketing and Communications at Upinor North America. Patty, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Taylor. Thanks for inviting me. All the way from Minnesota. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. Our North America headquarters are based in Apple Valley. Apple Valley, Minnesota. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, Patty, can you just introduce yourself a little bit, you know, the background on Upinor and your position and responsibilities and why, you know, you're the perfect person to talk to us about branding and marketing? Oh, perfect person. Okay, great. <laughs> I hope you... I think that's true when when we're done with this, but I'm happy to. So Upinor, funny name, but it's based in Finland. Our corporate headquarters globally are in Helsinki, Finland, but our North America headquarters are here in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Um, What we do is we're in the building and construction industry, and what we manufacture is a plastic pipe at its core. So um, we use that piping in a variety of different applications in both residential buildings, so think the home you live in, as well as commercial buildings like universities, high-rises, stadiums, those kind of bigger buildings too. Okay. So it's plumbing, it's um, underfloor radiant heating, fire sprinkler systems, hydronic heating in commercial buildings, etc. So that's what we build. I've been here for um, about five years leading this team. So what we do is we're part of the greater marketing organization, but we're called engagement marketing and corporate communications. So our role is really to do all the fun, creative stuff that comes with marketing. Oh, that's awesome. So think of it as the the digital, paid digital media, paid social, organic social. We also have team members that focus on public relations and working with reputation management and our trade media, as well as internal communications, making sure employees feel informed, and um, technical writers and graphic designers too. Oh, wow. You got a whole squad. That sounds awesome. (laughs) We have a big team. It's great. So Patty, can you tell me a little bit about your industry experience and kind of just everything that led to you having this awesome position at Upinor? Well, um, my education is, um, my undergraduate is marketing and broadcast journalism. And um, I went on later to earn a master's degree in business communications. So that's kind of the foundation of that. But I started my career in public relations. So dealing with um, trade media at um, a company called Carlson Companies in the cities here and working on brands, Radisson Hotels, um, TGI Fridays, Country Inns and Suites. So I was in our hospitality segment and that was really the start was learning how to protect the reputations and uh, build the brands within those brands and hospitality. I left there when um, the family started to grow and started my own businesses. So I had a a small public relations agency and writing um, agency that I ran. I owned a retail shop for a while on a street called Grand Avenue in St. Paul. So that was fun. And um, then the kids got bigger and we're starting to head off to college and 
my husband said, well, that was fun, but you need to get a, a real job. <laughs> I had never worked harder. Yeah. But, um, I went back to corporate then. I worked at Ecolab for okay. almost five years. And there was really where I probably did the most kind of in-depth work around brand, um, marketing communications, but also got to flex my corporate communications muscle and also do public relations and then a little bit of internal communications with employees as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. you. It sounds like you've had a ton of great experience over the years. So I'm excited for our conversation today. Good. Okay. All righty. Let's jump right into it then. So my first question for you is, what does branding mean and how does it relate to the overall marketing industry? I think if you asked five people, what does brand mean or branding? You probably, probably get five different answers, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and they're probably all right. It's just, um, it's just one of those disciplines that I think um, it's hard to define, but we all know what it is. So is it um, a brand name? I mean, think of something like Coca-Cola or Nike or right. Disney. Absolutely. It's the name. Is it the logo and the graphic design? I mean, is it the Disney kind of you know, that stylized D yeah. that's fashioned after Walt Disney's signature or the shape of a Coca-Cola bottle, the Nike swoosh. Yes, it is that too. But I think at its core, and if you're in the branding discipline, what we focus on is how can we create an emotional connection for our customers, our core audiences with our company. And what I mean by that is, is the experiences that they have with us at every touch point matters. It's not just the logo or a name. Yeah, that's really important. It's more that they feel a connection to us emotionally. So they it drives a behavior. And that behavior is repeat purchasing and loyalty to come back time and again. So I think when I talk about an emotional connection, it's it's kind of one of those things like we mentioned Coke, but Coke and Pepsi, right? Why do oh, some people select love one, one and, another? and really d- dislike the other in most cases? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or, you know, I mean, if you shopped at Nordstrom, it's a completely different experience than if you go into a Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you think about what that means when you walk into a Nordstrom, And real quick story, and one that I I love to use as kind of an example of what do I mean by this, is I went to buy a pair of shoes. I was in a wedding, and um, I had to wait. And the the person that was the salesperson in the shoe department said, I'm so sorry, I'm helping another customer, um, but I'll be with you shortly. That was fine, but Mm -hmm. said, can I get you something to drink? How about a Diet Coke? And wow. they ran in the back room and got me a Diet Coke and brought it out to me while I waited. Oh, my gosh. And, I've never had that happen to me at Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but that's the emotional connection. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just elevated kind of premium products, premium customer service. And it's that extra touch that people would come to expect from a Nordstrom. Then if you walked into a different kind of shopping experience like a Target or a Walmart, yeah. you don't expect that. But it's the emotional connection that you get is is really at the core of what I think branding is. I like that a lot. And I think um, describing it as, you know, the emotional connection you get from a brand because everyone can relate to that in some way or another that everyone has, you know, their own brands that they actually have an emotional connection to. So I think that's extremely relatable. 
So why is branding important for marketing? Well, it is, uh, first, it is a, a critical discipline within a marketing department. It doesn't just happen through like osmosis or just typical <laughs> day-to-day marketing work. I mean, it is, it is a, a strategy. It needs to be budgeted. It's a plan. Um, and there should be people dedicated to ensuring the guarding of it and to be kind of the brand police and champions. So it is very much part of a marketing department. I think what it does as far as marketing goes, we touched on a little, but we describe it as like a company's DNA, you know? So, I mean, it's really, it is, it's like ingrained in everything, much like your own DNA. It is what makes you, you a DNA within a brand. It's what makes the company that company. Yeah. And so if you, if you thought of it too, when we talk about touch points or those experiences you get. It's from the receptionist answering the phone to the website to advertisements you see. Did you place an order and was it right? Did the invoice get properly processed? Did the order show up on time? Was it damaged? Even if it was, how did the company handle it? It's everywhere along that chain that a customer could potentially touch you as a company should be branded from the way your customer service people talk and answer the phone to the way the package arrives on their back dock. Absolutely. And I think there's, you know, so much that goes into branding overall that, you know, most people don't even realize. And I'm on the marketing team here. And a lot of times I don't even realize, you know, how much that really goes into who we are. Yeah. Yep. It's true. So how does branding positively impact a business? I know we touched upon a little bit of, you know, like building repeat customers and kind of customer loyalty. Are there, you know, things outside of that? Yeah, um, your brand and branding and the elements that go into it, it, it's, it's the North Star, right? I mean, it's kind of like that guiding point for everything. And it's from what products are we going to innovate? Right. I mean, you wouldn't have McDonald's selling shoes. I mean, (laughs) right. It's like their brand is fast quality food. It's consistent. Yeah. Right. So you go in there, you know exactly what you're going to get. It would be weird. And so their their brand is dictating what it is you experience when you drive up, when you drive through, when you go in. Um, So it's the brand or excuse me, it's the business's overall strategy. Like, how are we going to grow? How are we going to innovate? What's the culture like for employees? So beyond customers, um, what does it mean to work there? How are people treated from when they're onboarded, from hire to retire? Like, what's that journey look like for an employee? And ensuring that it's consistently done well. So, I mean, just a few examples, but it really does go far beyond what you would think of as an advertisement or a a logo or a name. Yeah, absolutely. On the flip side, though, you know, are there ways that it can negatively impact a business? And, you know, are there any use cases you can think of where branding has just gone wrong? Well, I think where things can kind of go sideways is inconsistencies. So we talked about McDonald's, for example. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one because everybody's familiar with that. And you expect something from them, regardless of where you are in the world. You expect there's going to be some golden arches. You're going to get a relatively inexpensive hamburger and French fries and that kind of thing. But inconsistent is if it's poor quality, it's cold, 
it's the person behind the counter was mean or, you know, right. gave you a bad experience and the company didn't do anything to make it right. Yeah. And I think we've mm -hmm. all had that happen where you feel compelled to call or go online or something and, and put in a comment about something that you didn't necessarily like that yeah. happened to you and they don't respond appropriately, right? To try and make it right to, you know, take responsibility for what happened. The response, that touch point is, I think, where it can really go wrong for a company. Yeah, absolutely. And when you were just talking about McDonald's, I thought about, you know, my own experience and I ordered Chipotle a few days ago and they messed up my order and they, they make it so easy to go right into their app. They call it the pepper and it's just a chat bot that you can talk to. And I said, you know, you didn't get my order right. And they gave me a buy one, get one free. So, you know, that made me think of that. Right. But if they wouldn't have, right? it would have been, yeah. In and said something and, and you got either no um, response or something that you didn't feel like justified. Right. What yeah. Happened? The wrong order. Yeah. Then I would have a Negative very poor impact, taste in right? my mouth. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about, you know, the positive impacts, the negative impacts, all about branding. What is the foundation for developing a brand? And it's core. There's a, a model that we use. It's not something specific to our company, but I think if you went and worked with an agency or had gone through this exercise yourself and did some research, like, how do we do this? What you would find is, is a, a brand architecture. We'll okay. Call it. And there's um, typically like eight steps to it. So you've taken the time to pull up this brand architecture. Can you go through and explain it a little bit to me and kind of what it all means and what are those eight steps? Sure. No, I'm happy to. So at the highest level, a company really needs to determine what its purpose is. And so what I mean by that, it's like, really, why do we exist? Like, what good are we doing in the world? What problem are we solving? Before you can really, if, I, I think if you found, if you skip that point, like, why are we even here? Why does the company exist? Once you get down into messaging for advertisements or other elements, you would go, oh, we're missing something, right? So all of these are really important that I'll go through. And, and really in this order is typically the way that you would attack this. And you really can't skip a step is my point in saying that. So the purpose, why do we exist? Then a vision, like what do we want to become in the future so that you're always striving for a goal into the future. And that can change over time, your vision. Once you achieve something or get close to it, then you want to kind of move the marker out a little bit further. But what do we want to become in the future? And then the mission is, how are we going to get there? So what is our business strategy that supports the vision? So us getting to that future state. Are we going to partner with outside agencies? Are we going to um, maybe acquire a new brand? Are we going to diversify those kinds of things? So what's the business going to do as a strategy to help us get to that vision and realize our purpose? Next then is your value proposition. Value proposition, we mean what makes us unique. So if you stacked up any company against their key competitors, why would somebody pick your company out of the pile? Why, um, you know, what is it the extra value added services or offerings or something that they would get if their behavior was to go and purchase your brand? So what makes you unique against competition? 
Next is the brand promise. And this is really, what are we going to promise the customer they're going to receive at every one of those touch points? Is it excellent customer service? In our company's case, it's confidence. So you can be confident if you call customer service, when you get an order, when you talk to a salesperson, when you use the product, that you can be confident that you've made the right choice when you purchase from us. The brand tone really um, establishes what's your voice? Is it really casual and kind of fun? Is it very conservative and buttoned up? Again, having direction and establishing what is that will help when you are creating copy and ads and social posts and everything down the road. The campaign slogan, this is um, a shorter term, well, Sometimes there's confusion between there's a tagline and there's a slogan. That was my next question. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So taglines are usually something attached to the brand where a slogan is campaign related that's designed to be short term and will fall away. And when the new campaign comes up, could be a, you know, three, five year campaign that you're running. But for example, like Nike is just do it. Right, right. Right. So that's that's their tagline uh-huh. tied to their brand. But you will see other campaigns that come along um, that don't. That's usually what you see at the end of the ad. But during the campaign, they have other slogans. I think there was one about dreaming or doing different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so, I know what you're talking about. Yep. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, it's it's shorter term. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last the last part is values. And this is really geared towards your internal team. And values are, how are you going to work together as a team? Like, what do you believe? What's important to your company culture? Um, Are you going to inspire each other? Are you going to build teams? Are you going to, um, you know, connect with your outside vendors? It's like, what is it that we're going to do as a team? How are we going to work together to make all the other elements that are above it come to life? No, this is awesome. And I think... This is a great resource, you know, for anyone listening to see, you know, if this is something that their organization has. And if not, this is, you know, a surefire way to get some things established. So is this the elements in this brand architecture? Is that kind of the same as the common branding elements or is that different or where does that kind of fit in? Well, when I think of branding elements, then it kind of lends more to the look and feel. Okay. Yeah you know, in kind of design and in color palette, um, your font images, design overall are really when we talk about elements of it. This is more like those foundational elements, but if you're bringing a brand to life, um, it's more of graphic design. Okay. Interesting. So Patty, when we originally had our, you know, like outline discussion of this episode, you've mentioned that while you've been at Upanor, you know, you've taken them from a small organization to a global brand. Can we talk a little bit about, you know, how to develop a global brand? Having experienced this, you know, firsthand, what was that process like? Sure. Yeah, I um, think it's interesting. When I, when I first started, we, you know, just operated as North America. There's a, you know, a similar group of people doing this in, in Europe. And then we have a different division um, in the piping category. And they are, I think, like out in the street kind of sewer piping and like the big pipes. Okay. Um, and so all three of us 
So North America, um, Europe, and then uh, we called infrastructure. We all had different looks, feels, slogans. So like we different had, colors, um, every, you know, different, was it different logos? Colors? Yeah, similar colors in that we were using um, blues, okay, but not the same blue. All right. You know, yep. even down to that. So as the company continued to grow and we um, had some new leadership actually come in at a global level and said, we need to figure this out and look like one company because the world is small. And yeah. people mm -hmm. do travel, especially like at trade shows and different things like that, where you get international audiences. They shouldn't go to one show and have us look a certain way and then show up over here in um, the U.S. and have it look completely yeah. different. Yeah, so, absolutely. So the um, edict came down that we needed to create a global brand. So how did we go about it? I think was your was your question, yes. right? Yep. So, yeah. What was the process was like? Perfect. So. We established a global brand team, right? And, and decided who needed to be on this, who could be decision makers, established budget, of course, and timeline, and who's going to pay for what and who owns what. And I think that's really important too, because you can have a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but if you don't have a chef, an executive chef leading yeah. it, um, uh -huh. it can go off the rail. So establish your team and then who's ultimately running the project. I think the next thing we did was we created a, we call it a from to exercise. Okay. So from really being a current situational analysis, like what do we look like today and what do we want to be so that we all agree that this, so when we arrive, we know we're here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. So what are our objectives and how do we know when we've won? And then the in-between is really the roadmap then for where do we, how do we get from to where we want to go? With that in hand, then we conducted a lot of research. So we did brand surveys. We did interviews with customers, with potential customers, with industry associations and influencers, as well as employees. Got a baseline feeling for the perception of our brand. It really helped us when we were going through those the brand architect elements to have that this is what we're perceived as. Here's what we think, but this yeah. is what is the reality. Uh -huh. So this is what we need to move to when we're creating that architecture to get to the two. Um, yeah. Ultimately. yeah. I was just going to ask, was it difficult to kind of establish the two? Like, was it hard to figure out kind of where you guys wanted to go? from where you're from? Well, I think, um, you know, we ultimately knew that we needed one look, one feel. We knew our name wasn't going to change. We needed a common slogan. We don't have a brand tagline. So we agreed that we wouldn't have things like that, Yeah, um, that we would just keep changing it up and refreshing it with slogans, maybe in, in a three to five year period of time. We knew we needed established brand standards and guidelines that everyone adhered to because you can have a good plan and you can launch it, but if there's no governance, it can fall apart. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and I guess just then to commit to working together continually because it isn't really a one and done, but it really was to establish this global brand team and then commit to working together indefinitely yeah. to ensure that everything that we had worked so hard to create actually came to life globally the yeah. way that we had anticipated it. 
I mean, I'm sure that was a fantastic feeling once everything did come to life. But, you know, on the contrary, what kind of roadblocks did you encounter during this, you know, entire process? It seems like it it was a long process. It could be very busy. It can be, I'm sure, almost stressful at times. You know, what were some of the roadblocks that you guys experienced? It took a lot longer than we had thought. And for a couple reasons, we had during the course of the project, a couple senior leadership changes. Oh, so yeah. the people who were those owners and, um, you know, our champions, when it came to like the board of directors and things, they left. And yeah, so that'll it do it. To, <laughs> yeah. So it was to continue to move the project forward without that senior level person. And then when a new senior level person came in. Oftentimes they didn't agree with Mm. the direction we were taking or had different ideas, which would be take us a couple steps backwards to relook at those architectural elements and adjust them to make, you know, everyone happy then again, globally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was probably our biggest stumbling block was time. We hadn't anticipated that at the beginning. We had started out with an agency out of Germany. And um, through a couple things that happened, we decided that they weren't the best choice for us and had to ask them to go. And then uh, we hired an agency locally here in Minneapolis to, you know, kind of take it where we are. We don't want to start over, but Uh can you grab this where it is and then get us across that finish line? So we had agency changes and changes, not just, you know, like locally, but across the globe and to try and get that work and yeah. um, mm-hmm. port it over and have it make sense and ramp up was a challenge. I think the other thing is just quickly like language, right? And right. Translation. Yeah. yeah. Makes perfect sense to us in English, you know, didn't mean anything in Finnish or in another language in Europe. Colors. Mm. We can't use this color because this competitor here has it, or it has a negative meaning in our culture. So language, colors, yeah, history and baggage too. I think just people coming with their own ideas or we did it this way in North America and it was really successful or we did it over here in Europe and it was great. So we need to do that. And it was to try and like have people put that behind them yeah. and just kind of close the door and that, you know, we need to start fresh. So, and that's just people and totally. wanting, yeah. you know, best intent, but you know, wanting to, I think, to make their stamp on a project yeah. um, can kind of get in the way too. Yeah. So there's just a few things that we yeah. encountered, but that we all... didn't cross the finish line. <laughs> so... I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I just wanted <laughs> to um, back it up real quick to the timeline question. You said that, you know, it took a lot longer. What was the original timeline that you guys anticipated? And then how long did it actually take? We thought a year and it was about two and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know. It seems like unbelievable. Hey, good things uh, take time. So (laughs) (laughs) it did. We, we had a little thing called the pandemic come in there too. Oh yeah. That old thing. (laughs) So we had, um, everyone kind of at home while we were Mm -hmm. trying to get this completely wrapped up. We did it. We did it remotely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there was unforeseen things. So yeah, yeah, of course. Twice as long as we had thought. I mean, especially the pandemic that obviously, you know, threw a lot of (laughs) things up in the air. Yeah. Not just for us, but I think for everyone. 
So going through this process and coming out on the other side successfully, what were some of the key learnings that you guys, you know, have and now you're going to use with you for, you know, the rest of your time? Bacon ample time, right? And everything that you think um, is going to work, you just tack on six more months for sure, because it's it's just how it goes Yeah, um, on a global team. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you were isolated in a small team, you could move much faster. But when you're trying to do this on a global scale for the first time, too, yeah, um, uh-huh. it it just took a lot longer than we thought. So um, allow ample time. Have a really clear set of objectives, right? So that from two, and agree with that globally as kind of the stake in the ground that this is where we're going and we're going there together. Mm-hmm. Um, because if there's ever, you know, disagreements or differing opinions or no, that's not what we thought we were going to do. It's the document you pull out and you point to it and go, well, this is what we said we were going to do. So let's everybody, you know, we need to come back together and and get back on the path. So a clear set of objectives, budget, it costs more than you think it's going to, especially (laughs) if you're working with an outside agency. And I would recommend that Unless this is a core capability within your organization, I would recommend an outside agency to come in because you will be, you'll have blinders on mm-hmm. with, you know, the way you perceive your brand for what you believe in this outside agency can come in and give you the reality check. Of yeah, where kind you of the are. neutral third party of, okay, this is what it is and this is what it's going to be. Yes. Yeah. Consider cultural differences. You know, just with language, with translation, like I said, with color, with what certain design elements mean with, I mean, and be real flexible and patient as you work through that. Cause you just, it was like, we had the perfect thing, but it didn't, it didn't work yeah. in a couple of countries in Europe. And it was like, oh, so it's frustrating to have to keep going forward and backwards. But yeah. so patience and flexibility is key. Those are all great pieces of advice. So my last question I had for you today, and it's not for, you know, companies who are going through a huge global, you know, rebrand, but just do you have any quick tips for companies looking to improve their brand perception, you know, say within the next few months? Well, sure. I would say don't assume, you know, you know, the the, the perception you have rather of your brand is accurate for your customers, for those um, industry people, for employees, for potential employees. And so do your homework, do a a quick survey. You don't have to spend, you know, a million dollars to do that, but put together a survey with some good questions to get after, you know, your brand perception out in the market and internally so that you can tie that back to your culture. And you're using that data to improve and enhance what you're doing. Um, and it's a it's a really good gut check. So make sure that you um, do your homework. Um, if you don't have a brand architecture, create one or refresh it. Make sure you visit it every so often and look at it and make sure it still rings true. That's kind of a good, you know, check too. Yeah. To just make sure that you're still on the same path that you thought you were if you're if it's a refresh or to create it, I think is real eye opening too that you have these foundational pieces established. And then use that architecture to look at all your touch points. 
So, and, and what does a customer journey look like when, from the time they become aware of our company and how do they become aware to them, you know, deciding to purchase and repurchase and become a, a loyal brand advocate. It's like, what are all the touch points that they have along that journey with you? And then ensure that you've got the right look and feel, that your people have the right tone when they're addressing folks, when you're answering on social, it aligns with your tone and with your messages and your value prop. It's just really a good idea to make sure that you have those consistent experiences mm -hmm. and that's what's going to create that emotional connection and that's branding. And that is branding. What a wrap up right there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to, but no. I guess so. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, that was all of the questions I had for you today, Patty. I learned a lot from you. I think um, this was fabulous. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Modern Marketing Messages. For more information about the topics discussed today, check out the description of this episode. And if you like this episode, follow the podcast wherever you listen to them to stay up to date with us. While you're at it, give us a rating and share this podcast with others. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Modern Marketing Messages. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm Taylor Carg, and I'll be back with another Modern Marketing Message.